yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. To all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from that called the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter. Yeah, yeah. And to all my peoples in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Check it, check it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hello, and thank wall. you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. Sean, I've got a couple of fast facts for you today, and the first one is right in your wheelhouse. It's something you probably already know. Some of our You're a liar. Some of our, You're a liar. Stop, Sherm. I don't want to hear it. Every time you say it's in my wheelhouse, I'm No, I'm no, no, no. This one no, this one's about the NBA. Now, I do you know? That the silhouette on the NBA logo is Hall of Famer Jerry West, right? That is his likeness. Right. Okay, see, you know that. All right. So he's literally cemented in professional basketball lore. But over the last year, there has been a call to change that because, you know, it's been the logo for some 40 years to a likeness right. of Kobe Bryant. What would you think right. about making that change to the NBA logo? You know what? I love Kobe, but no. Really? Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, why not Jordan? Mm, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, we can say a lot of different players, but um, number one, let's let's admit that let's admit right now that the NBA is not trying to pay Jerry West, so they're saying it's not him, even though we know it's been documented that a photographer, right, has credit of doing that way back in the day, yeah. right? But the NBA is not admitting, right, that that is Jerry West, but we all know it's mm -hmm, him. Mm -hmm. Jerry West was Mr. Clutch, man. He was clutch. So, and he's. I mean, he's. I mean, I just think you, you, some things don't don't get changed. Okay, so there's there um, should be no rebranding of the logo. You think we? No, should No, I mean, it if we're gonna rebrand the logo, let me be honest with you, right? Um, you know, it has to be a transformational player. Kobe was great. Kobe is great. The late Kobe Bryant is great, right? But when I think of transformational players, right, for the game. Um, I'm not looking at Kobe. Kobe patterned his game after my Okay, are you looking at Jerry West though? Jerry West at that time, he he was transfer he was a man. He was he was really, really Oh, good, absolutely. It didn't you know, he he's no in his day. You know, slouch. No, no, yeah, in his no day, slouch. but this is a whole different day in terms of sports it, it and the is. NBA. It is. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not opposed to changing the logo, but if, if you change it, it has to be a transformational you know, player. For okay, me. well, you know that transcended the game, and I'm when I'm thinking of that, I'm looking at Michael. Some can say that Steph Curry revolutionized. Uh, the I'm game thinking more with the three point shooting. Nah, I mean, I'm just saying, is this? I don't. I know, know no, but I'm I'm saying LeBron then because of what he's done LeBron off is, the court. He's opening up he's schools. And I don't know if I want to see his silhouette though. That's a huge. That, silhouette, that's, he's a big man. But you know what's funny? <laughs> he is. There was a thing on ESPN how they compared him to Tom Brady as being the, the right. goats in their sports, and they went back to the beginning of E. And their bodies were obviously very different than they are now. In Absolutely. particular, LeBron, he was skinny. He's really built yeah. himself up. But, you know, that he would be a great logo because he's an ambassador off the court as much as he is what his success on the court. No, he, he's all, all of the people you said deserve consideration. You know, maybe I'm just archaic. I just think some old school music shouldn't be remaked. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So maybe that's just me, you know, having generational gaps. But I'm not opposed for them doing that. But 
Tell me right now, what's wrong with the logo as it is? No, there's nothing wrong with the logo. But I it, just to spur the conversation, people are calling yeah. for for Kobe. Now they renamed the MVP right. of the All Star Game the Kobe Bryant Award. Rightfully, rightfully so. so. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Okay. Rightfully so. So you look to honor and. and Oh, yeah, I want to honor Kobe in any way possible, right? Especially the Mamba mentality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Got to love it, right? You want to do those things. And and, and, and like I said, I, I love Kobe. So no disrespect to him and, and the Bryant family at all, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think sometimes we become a prisoner of the moment because that's a lot of pain for everybody, right? It's only been a year, and I still can't believe he's gone, you know, from from that aspect of the game. You know, but, um, you know, I, I never looked at Kobe as being an ambassador of the game of basketball, even though he did so many great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably that's you know, probably a, a pretty astute statement. If there. I'm if I'm being honest, you know, what sure. I'm saying? like I know people right now, especially in L.A., pissed off. Right. Sacrilegious. What are you talking about? You crazy. <laughs> right. You know, all these things and, and rightfully so, because I do love Kobe. But I'm just saying if we can separate facts Mm, okay. You know, well, maybe they need to rebrand a logo with more than one person on it, because yeah, you know Michael I mean, Jordan so wasn't the, deal, the greatest though. ambassador here's the deal, of the game Sharon, either. I mean, you know, I'm just saying is 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 Kobe on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, that's a, you know what we uh, See, we, we struggle go, with the Mount right? Rushmore. Cause, cause, but yeah, but you're struggling because you're saying no right now. You're saying no, Kobe's not on my Mount Rushmore, right? So why would he be okay? But was is Jordan that great and a brand ambassador for the game? Because off the field, off the court, I'm, he didn't. He I, you know, struggles. He, yeah, well, not lately. He stepped well, his, his game uh, up hundreds of millions of dollars. Hmm. You know, if we looked at, it, I mean, I think Jordan has righted a lot of wrongs, but I think also um, his story is out of context because um, you know black folks had to move different. You know, in the early '90s than what they have to do now. I mean. The, the country is socially woke. We're, we're fed up. We're tired of not having diversity and inclusion and, and for people being alienated for other things than their character and, and content and creed, right? So I think you can move in this space a lot differently. You got to remember Jordan did not have um, social media, right? So some of the things that he did in philanthropy we didn't know about and would never know about because, you know, his personality wouldn't allow that to happen. But recently, the hundreds of millions of dollars and the things that he's been involved in in the last three years has been tremendous. You know, so he hasn't sat on his hands the last three years. And maybe he's never sat on his hands. We don't know that, right, because of just the media coverage were different and stuff like that. But I will tell you, though, okay, Jordan's silhouette is just as powerful as the NBA logo because, you remember, his silhouette was on his brand, right? That's it, right? And he's the most recognizable bald head man that I know. You put his silhouette up, right? Everybody knows that's Jordan, yeah, yeah. right? So I don't know. Your, brand yours is pretty recognizable, too. Man, let me tell you, man. <laughs> Here's the deal. I need to find that what Deion Sanders and, and um, you know, them. I need to find that, um, what's his name, uh, Brian Erlacher. Mm. You know, I need to get that hair replacement, man, so I can get some waves up. I'm seeing all these dudes who were bald-headed now got now waves got hair, yeah. You know, Shaka Smart and all those. Yes, I need to find yes, that, man. Shaka. Okay? I need to find mm. that. If you can give that to me. I ain't bald-headed no more, brother. Okay, that's true, but it's just, it's not so much, well, it's your the rest of it, too, what's below the neck, that that, that hey, physique you got you, going on. L- listen, listen here. Are you saying that my physique is not I said, gorgeous? all I'm saying is recognizable. Are you saying I'm, I'm not I'm saying it's beautiful? recognizable physique. Sure, how your, dare Your silhouette you. is recognizable. How that's dare what I'm saying. 
dare saying. you. I'm not, so I'm not detracting. For the right or wrong reason, you are detracting. I am not a detractor. Sure. You know what? Straight after this <laughs> podcast, I'm putting in at least 25 more push-ups just because what you said. Okay. We got a 5 C's challenge going on, Sherman. I don't think you're involved in I it. am not involved five in it. 5 C's, 90 days. Why don't you get involved, Sherman? Because uh, uh, I need- people encouraging other people. and you one of the best people I know when it comes to health and fitness, and you letting your teammates down. You can join today. I think because of those comments of you just uh, tearing into the fabric of my uh, self-confidence, <laughs> I think now you should just go ahead and, and join up now. You have no other choice. It's mandatory. <laughs> you need to build me back up after stripping me down like that, telling me my silhouette is, is, is less to be I, desired. I didn't say that. I said you have a yes, you I did. You didn't say it look good. Recognizable. You didn't say it look good. I, I just said it's yeah, a recognizable, recognizable for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> okay. I know that's what you're saying, Sherman. Okay? I know that's what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> but I'm a superstar, Sherman. I understand that. I'm. You're not going to put me in in a in a cave. I'm coming out the cave. <laughs> First round draft pick. Remember that. Game. Okay? You know what I mean. Feed me to the wolves. I come out the leader, Sherm. <laughs> Always. Don't try to get into my cycle, you know, all in my mental state because, you know, you, you're trying to win this basketball game that you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to break me down early. June is the month. Sherm. Yeah. We're going We're in June. We're doing it in June? We're going in June. Yes. That, that's the new breaking news. Okay. June. It might be the last day <laughs> okay. of June, but it's June. June 30th. Uh, that's fine with me. Okay. Now that I have a date, right. I know what we're shooting for. You got a date, Sherm. You got a okay. date. And I'm going to remember this, and I'm going to back you down. I'm going to give you the elbow, and I'm going to put my shoulder in your chest. And I'm going to be like, silhouette. Okay. Silhouette every shot. So you, oh, you like the silhouette now? Bring bring okay. it. That's a, Wednesday. Ask that's a Wednesday, by the way, the 30th of June. Okay, I don't care what. Oh, it's hump day for you, but it's going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to tear you up, Sherm. And guess what I'm going to ask you after that? Okay, I'm going to come over the top in the middle, and I want B to get this on camera, and I might even just throw it on your head, Sherm. Mm. And guess what? Guess the question I'm going to ask I have no you. idea. Bring it. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to say salty or roasted? Because <laughs> these nuts going to be all in your face, Sherm. <laughs> oh, That's what I'm oh, going to ask you. know you. what? The visual right now, I can't, I yes. can't unsee that. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no way I can get that it's out of my head. It's all now, Sherm. Oh, my God. That's terrible. I mean, if you would have said I was seeing the bottom of your shoe or something, because you fly no. by fine, but not, oh, you went to the anatomy portion of it. Oh, hey, my God. Hey, oh. I'm a baller, Sherm. What can I say? I'm getting on the Vertimax right after this call. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny. How did we get here from my fast fact? I got one more fast fact, because I got I to gotta call out to Pam Marshall and Latroy, frankly. I got to mention it that uh, tra- this is a track and field one. And uh, track and field athletes are most likely to break records late in the day with their body temperatures at their highest. Interesting. Most world records are broken in the afternoon and evening. Okay, so that means the game is going to have to be, for our game, it's going to have to be in the afternoon and evening. Okay. All right, that's fine. You, you pay, right, I've told I, you the I, whole that's time. A, that's a great fact. Now though. that we know the date, or at least the month, just tell me. I've always said, just tell me where and when, and I will be there. I'll even bring the ball. Unless you want to bring your the own ball, world, that's no, fine. No, no, I don't trust you with bringing Okay, the you ball. bring the ball. Fine. No. You can bring the ball. Do you even have a ball, Sherm? Right, I'm looking at it right there. Yep. It's probably plastic. No, it is not. I only do leather, really. Oh, fine. Bring it on, man. I just, I've been saying for almost a year now, let's get this going already. Man, oh, man. Yeah, you've been hiding, you've been hiding behind this pandemic, but ain't no more hiding okay. at this point. I think we can all get tested in June. I think the country's going to be great. At that point, I think it's going to be enough vaccinations, and then I'm going to put it to okay, you. Okay, we're going to do this at, June the 30th. at the old campus? Uh, on, uh, 
at the old Good. campus in the warehouse. Yep, yep. Let's pack it okay. out, but we got to be COVID safe, okay. whatever the regulations is, but let's go. And guess what's so great for you, Sherm? You know, the training room is less than a couple it's steps right, away. Well, it's so. right there. Absolutely. It's in that Yeah, I'm going to be there warehouse. early, though, because I think I'm about to get some. You better uh, leave now. Some biofreeze. <laughs> I need some biofreeze. You better go right now. <laughs> you know, I need some biofreeze. I need to be stretched out. But after that, though, it's all, all right. All right. Hey, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm, oh, man. All right. I can't, I'm, I'm really interested to see what you look like at the end of your 90-day challenge and how you're doing you inside as well as Here's outside. Here's the deal, though. Here is the great deal, and I know you know today's topic. We're talking about mental yep, health, right? Yep. But this is another avenue for us to get together and support each other with the mental yep. health. That's the the biggest thing, right? Um, trying to get the toxins out of our body, and you know, get some positive vibes so we can just come together and share and be on the same track. I mean, one form of mental health is eating disorders, you know, and um, we're just trying to help everybody stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So. It's a great way that our, our university coaches or, and administrators are getting together to, to do that. Sean, we have a big show today. We have an important show today, and we have an equally important guest with us. We have Blair Gunderson, who is a part of our women's soccer program. Blair, thank you for joining us today. Great to have you on. Of course. I'm happy to be here. We've got a couple of very important topics, and we're going to get into a very timely one that has had a great deal of discussion recently, and we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, we have to talk about the big game. That is the Super Bowl that is going to be played here on Sunday. Sean and Blair, what are your predictions? Who do you see winning the Super Bowl? Hey, Blair, speak up. I want to hear what you guys say. I don't know. It's just... I usually root for the underdog, but I'm not a Patriots fan. I don't think I can root for Brady, but oh. I, mm, I I think, though, the Buccaneers are going to take it. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Why is that? I mean, just the work that they've done all season just to get to the Super Bowl alone is pretty insane and have and it just proves that brady's the goat even though like i'm not the biggest fan of him he he turned a team into a super bowl playoff winning team in the future possibly so well then how is it that you're not a fan of his this is only his 10th super bowl so <laughs> so you against him this whole time but now you're you, now you think he's over the top for numbers like he's won six of them so this is <laughs> yeah i mean i can respect greatness do i like it no oh i see that's a very very good distinction there i don't Sean, know what about blair, blair that sounds like a little haterade going on <laughs> you know i ain't trying to pick with you enough but i'm just saying like um but i hear you you say you can respect greatness i mean tb12 i mean he is the goat for real right it's let's stop playing he, he's the goat he figure it out um, not because the things that he does, all the great things he does on the field, but to be able to galvanize people to believe in you and, and and what you got going on. I think just because of his resume, people believe that if they get close, they got a chance. So, I mean, we saw Brady snatch the heart out of Atlanta coming back from like 20 down in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I like Pat Mahomes, you know, He's a young, up-and-coming. The Chiefs look like a scoring juggernaut. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence, Sherm and Blair. I'm really on the fence. 
Um, but if I had to, okay, I'm gonna make a decision, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop dancing here, and I'm gonna make a decision. I want to see Brady win another one. You know, I want to see him win another one, and then he already said he's not gonna retire, but I right. think he should. Well, right. yeah, a lot of people so, do, but he had a, he passed for four thousand yards and forty touchdowns. He was as productive as he's ever been in he, his he was forty three year old year. I mean, do we need to start checking out the workout plan, and do we need to see what what supplements he's taking? I'm trying to figure out this fountain of youth that he's, you mm-hmm. know, figured out. But guess what? The fountain of youth, uh, what Ponce de Leon, that is in Florida, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if history, you know. Yep. Uh, doesn't mistake me, so maybe he's found a fountain of youth down there, and I, mm. and I need to go get some, you know. Mm. But but I'm, I understand where Blair's coming from when you just win so damn much, you know. He's like, come on, man, give no, somebody true. else a chance. You know, every but, every metric, every eye test, everybody who sets the the odds, everybody who knows anything about football will tell you the pick is Kansas City, and they're favored by three. But but right. this is huge. There is a guy named Brady on the other side of the ball, and right. he usually figures it out. He's won six of them. He probably should have won a seventh, although maybe, you know, that the one against Seattle is kind of up in the air. He did win that because Butler picked off a ball at the goal line. He but, did. But there, Brady seems to figure it out. They've got a great receiving core. they got Gronkowski. They've got Evans. They've got A.B. You know, they got all this, right. all these great weapons, which is why he had the year that he had, and he usually figures it out. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then, you know, the Chiefs are suffering in some COVID-19 um, situations right now, two key players. Yeah. Um, so, yep. And then they decided not to go to Florida, and I don't know if that was a great um, idea or not because they leave in the day before. I think it's something about getting acclimated uh, to the time zones and your surroundings before you have a game like that. But, um, you know, I'm going to trust Andy Reid knows his team and, and all that good stuff, but – Hey, I'm going with the GOAT in a close game, and they win by a touchdown. That's how that's how thorough I am, Blair. Look, mm-hmm. I even called the shots with the score, right? I'm, I'm saying that with my chest right now, just like <laughs> we talked about. So, TB, TB12, touchdown, the win the game, come back with mm-hmm. two minutes to go, okay, showing us why he's cool hand loot and, and takes the Buccaneers to a, a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Could be a high-scoring affair. Neither team does well on defense, so this could be an ex- <laughs> could be an exciting Super Bowl, and that's a pretty good prediction on your part. Pretty hey, good. I, I wouldn't know, be surprised. Hey, listen, I, I I I don't like to see greatness, but we're building greatness at at um, Westcliff. I just don't like to see greatness against me, right? <laughs> so I want to be the one um, leveraging and, and, and opposing my will on the next group, just like our soccer women's soccer team did last year. Right, we almost ran the table and went undefeated, so I wouldn't have been upset about that. But I just don't like when greatness is is thrusted upon me and I can't do nothing about it, Blair. That's 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 the only time I hate greatness when I'm not the one with it. Hmm. Yep. Well, Blair, thank you again for joining us. Um, before we get into our topic today, tell us a little bit about your background and how it is that you came to Westcliff University. Yeah, my Westcliff recruiting process was quite abnormal. It was about three weeks till my high school graduation in 2019. I'm a sophomore here at Westcliff. And I get an Instagram DM from Westcliff University. And I was like, what is this? And it was from Coach Joey, who is our past women's coach and now men's soccer coach. And he said, hey, 
I would love to get on a call um, about seeing if you'd like to play here. And we got on the call. And actually, I didn't commit right away because all I heard was that, okay, there's business and there's teaching. And I want to be in the medical science field. So I was like, "Mm, sorry, Um, I guess I'm just going to go to community for two years and try to get recruited. And then Joey didn't stop there. (laughs) He he, uh, texted me about a week later and he said, hey, we're having a group practice, a little tryout. I would love to see you there. There was about six girls there. And for some reason, when I was there, I was just on my game. I was doing really good. And Joey said, hey, I need to have you here some way or another. I really want to make this work. And just the way that Joey's nature was towards me and also soccer and also the rest of the girls. And he just everyone seems so passionate in that room. I knew I wanted to be there. So after that, another week goes by, I graduate high school. And then a day later, I commit to Westcliff and sign my papers at the warehouse. And uh, (laughs) and I'm so glad I made that decision in the end, because um, unfortunately, COVID stopped sophomore year, but my freshman year was absolutely fantastic in all avenues. How many goals did you score your freshman year? Uh, 17. In how many games? How many games did we yeah. play? Four? Mm, yeah. Four. Okay, so you averaged. You only lost one a... game. You only yeah. lost one. Right. Ten, your your whole college season. career so far. Yeah, 10 in season. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. okay. So you would have been a top 10 scorer in the NAIA. Absolutely. That's crazy. No, yeah. no, go, go ahead and pat yourself on the back. Be <laughs> hey, proud I'm, of that. I'm, you know, hey. I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to do the next couple of years. Hey, hey Sherm, I don't know if you heard, like, so how we recruit, we just slide in your DM. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> I got coaches that slide up in your DM, you know, mm. so I got to evaluate that how many DMs we sliding up in. But, <laughs> hey, no, we so glad to have you here. And, and I think, you know, you making a decision to, um, you know, believe in us as much as we believe in you. And and I'm glad that you showed up. You came in and you showed up and you showed out and you've been doing that ever since. I mean, to only say, hey, look, yeah, we you know, it took a pandemic to slow you down. I mean, a historic pandemic that we're still fighting that we've never seen before. But since then, you only lost one game your whole collegiate career. Like, that's crazy. And then on top of that, 17 goals? Man, 17? You, you, hey, you on five, girl. You, you hey, <laughs> you, hey, you the GOAT right now. You know what I'm saying? You, you carrying us right now. So, hey, hey, props to you. I'm I'm so happy that you're happy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I definitely couldn't have done it without the rest of the girls, though. And hopefully they, they all get to listen to this. And uh, Coach Joey and Coach Steven, Coach Francesca and Coach Ty and Coach Ben. Who- That's the crew. That's the crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I will tell you that I feel the same way when I'm on the show. I'm undefeated as well, you know, against Sherm. So <laughs> I, I can relate. And I do want to give props out to, to be you know, who makes us sound so good because I couldn't do it without him. I couldn't continue to beat Sherm Dog every every show, <laughs> you know, w- without him. So, I, I, you know, greatness recognize greatness. So 
I'm sure Sherm Dog. I'm so, sure Sherm Dog is choking right now. Yeah, I know. So that means I don't recognize you, right? Because well, I'm not. Well, in your eyes, in your eyes, I'm not great. I'm not no, greatness. So well, no, I can't I mean, recognize not, greatness. It's not in my eyes. It's just a certain standard. I mean, I don't hold that standard. So you know, and I don't necessarily agree with it because you are a good guy. You're just not a winner. You know, winners focus on winners. You know, and losers, I don't know what they do, Blair. So I I can't relate to you, but I just want to let you know, Sherm, we here for you, Sherm. All right. Well, I tell you what, with that in mind, why don't we get on to our topic today, which is uh, as serious a topic as there is, not just in the world of sports, but in the world. And there's more light being shined now on mental health. And at this time in the world, because of everything that's taken place, there are a lot of documented cases. Let me let me explain very quickly. There are four athletes that come to mind who have brought mental health to the forefront. Three years ago, Kevin Love of the NBA talked very openly about his struggle with it and what it took for him to get through and come back. Um, yesterday, or just a couple days ago, Brittany Griner from the WNBA also did the same. She opened up, talked about what treatment she needed to get and helped her get through. Uh, also, um, there is probably nobody more well-known in swimming than Michael Phelps. And he has struggled with it his entire life. He's married, got a couple of kids, but his life might seem perfect on the outside, but not so much on the inside with all the inner turmoil. Uh, and then Andrelton Simmons, shortstop, uh, previously of the Angels. Now I believe he's with the Twins. He just came out and talked about it as well. And the more attention we can bring to it, the more we can do about it. And Blair graciously decided to come on and tell a little bit about her story. And so, you know, before we get right into that, Blair, let me ask you a quick question. What has changed about your normal routine since the COVID pandemic has hit? I mean, where do I begin? Um, for since COVID has started, it's been a drastic change where days go by and they don't feel like days. They feel like seconds almost. We're already almost a year into this pandemic and I absolutely can't believe it. But the main thing that has changed is the lack of soccer. And when, when you've been playing since you've been seven years old, it's, it's a drastic change. You don't even realize it. And not having it and almost taking it for granted, you realize how important it is. And um, not having a season and not having practice and not having a season again, but that just gives us more time to prepare us mentally, to gain our passion back and get all our grades situated and just be ready for fall of 2023. So yeah. I would just say my days are filled with school and then a lot of free time. I don't know what to deal with. Hmm. Okay. Well, did you experience any mental health issues before the COVID pandemic? Yes, absolutely. Um, when I was a junior in high school, my mom passed away. Hmm. And that was the real exposure that I had to depression and anxiety and dealing with grief. And it's, it's also hereditary. Like my family has dealt with it in ways that now that I've gotten older, I've seemed to recognize because I've gone through them myself. And when that loss happened, it was 
it was a big shift in my life. I was trying to get recruited by colleges. I was trying to do well in school and just dealing with this loss at the same time. And when you're 17, you don't really know what to think about the world. And then when that happens, you really don't know what to think or do. So doing that, what mainly helped me was going to therapy and going to different reach out groups. And yeah, I would say that was my first real exposure. But something I will say is that when it hits you, it, it doesn't leave. You'll have reoccurring moments, but that's okay to everyone. It's not, it's not a disability. It, it is an illness, but it's something that you are able to push through. And I just want to push that as we get into this conversation. Sure, sure. Um, so sometimes, and everyone's a bit different, there is one major event that kind of triggers it. But do you remember struggling before the loss of your mother? And maybe the loss of your mother was that one trigger event that just said, okay, all the floodgates are open now. But prior to that, do you remember struggling with it? I would say yes, from middle school drama about people talking about you and just Mm. now that I'm older, silly stuff, I would say as it is, but you, you really don't know, like that stuff can be a trigger for some people. I, I thankfully never got bullied at that age, but I know kids who have and have gone through horrible situations while they were younger, but I would definitely say my big life event that happened was um losing my mom and was probably the main trigger that I could recognize Hmm. okay well how has this stay at home or isolation whatever you want to call it affected your mental health and well-being now yeah um the beginning of it was very hard and um I was going through some family issues and um, some health was not doing so well with my family members and that affected my mental health tremendously and my outlet and what I use to get out that frustration is soccer and I didn't have that anymore and I, I didn't really know how to deal with it and I had so much free time that that free time was spent with mostly just thinking about it. And that's the really toxic thing that can happen is that, you know, you're sitting in your room, you're stuck in your house and you have nowhere, you can't go anywhere. And just having all that time to think about, oh, why me? And just all these questions about yourself, it can make you, it can make you go nuts. And um, that definitely happened for me at the beginning and thankfully now I'm not in that state but like um, Sean and I discussed before um, he mentioned the word comfortable which I thought was super important and at the beginning of this pandemic I definitely got comfortable with myself I got comfortable with days going into seconds and comfortable with how I was dealing with myself but I wasn't progressing and I wasn't growing and I was just staying in a constant stale and negative mental state and I thankfully now am out of it but the the pandemic can I I know I'm not the only one who has been affected definitely so mm-hmm. okay you, you definitely not um Sharm I just want to jump in and let you know please 
<clears throat> um, real quick, um, Blair, I just want to say that you're not alone, right? You know, in um, mental uh, health or, or mental illness, depending on the severity of what you're dealing with, can trigger at any age, right? Even without a dramatic event, right? Because that event can be dramatic to you and what you're dealing with inward, right? That's what's so scary about it, right? Because what I realize, because I suffer with mental health issues, never documented, I didn't have to have it documented. It, it runs rampant in my family. I've seen it. I know what it looks like. I've been around it my whole life, and I know that it touches me, you know, at times, sporadically at, at, at best. Um, no timetables. Can I can't call it. It's not going to be a schedule. It, it a hit, and, and luckily, you know, I didn't have to go to any self help groups because my family understands that we speak openly about it right so what I wanted to say is number one thank you for being courageous right and showing why you're a savage you know sassy and classy right and doing your thing right because this is tough right you're normal I'm normal right and we go through this thing so for those who are listening to us don't think that you're exempt it can hit you at any time in your life right and what what do you do when it does hit you, well, hopefully you, you, you'll come back to this podcast and other help groups and, and look it up and be able to be courageous as we are speaking about this and understand that it doesn't stop you from being productive. It doesn't stop you from being a, a, a star. It doesn't stop you from being uh, successful. But if you don't get a hold of it, right, and be able to understand these triggers, right, it can take you to a deep and dark place. Right. And some people find themselves on the end of substance abuse. Some people find themselves in a situation of domestic violence because you're reaching out in different areas because you can't contain it. It's so much raw emotion when we're talking about mental health. And then those of us who are in sports or the super competitive. Right. We need that to release some of these toxins, some of these bad thoughts that come through your mind. And this studies and, and Sherm, you can look this up. But I think I heard it from um, one of the, the motivation of groups uh, was talking about um, the first thing in judgment, the first seven seconds in a conversation, people judge you. All right. That's everyone. All right. And then it talks about we have bad thoughts, about 87,000 bad thoughts a day. All right. So go Google that up for those who, who want to get that. But look at look it up on the mental health and some of your motivational speakers and and what happens is you don't act on all of those things but but people who are suffering depending on where they are in their life some sometimes you do right so being able to understand that and identify that so you got to be really really in tune with yourself as Blair was talking we were talking earlier right you have to be comfortable in your own skin you got to be able to say what needs to be said that is a leadership uh, trait but you got to say it with your trust and you got to be okay. So I'm here, you know, as the Dean of Athletics supporting, you know, Blair, but she supported me as well, right? Because we're having a great conversation where iron sharpens iron and we're talking about something really, really uh, serious to our society because we, we cast all these darknesses about mental health and we don't want to speak about them, but it happens every day. It's just people not acknowledging that. Right. They, they don't want to acknowledge that. So I'm glad that, you know, some of the um, sports uh, athletes are coming out and talking about it. You know, anxiety is a big one. You know, when you're feeling anxious before you performing in a game or or going for a big interview or 
you know, relish a job or whatever it is, right? You can get this anxiety and sometimes these anxieties take over you, right? And you need a moment. So if you ever said that you need a moment, I'm here to tell you, not as a documented psychologist, but if you need a moment, you just went through a mental health, you know, uh, situation. When you got to take your yourself out of the moment to regain yourself, to get back into the moment, that is uh, um, you dealing with mental health just at a different level. And um, I know, you know, the first thing Blair we hear in, in this whole thing is people want to put you on medication, right, and then seclude you with other people who are struggling, right? Um, we got to function in society. It doesn't change. Every day I got to get up and go to work with people who are in denial that they do have or suffer from some mental health issues. We just woke. It's nothing wrong with being woke, right? And I'm glad that we're woke and we understand, hey, it can hit you at any time. And we just want to share our stories, you know, today and some situations today. So maybe it can change your life. So maybe you can have some identifiers to get you back to where you need to be. Because if you don't get control of your mental health, you will not perform at the optimal level that your potential say you can. And that's straight up facts. You will pull, you will actually bench yourself if you don't acknowledge what you're going through, right? And we all starters here. We all first round draft picks. We all superstars, right? So we want to be able to perform at the highest level. And in order for us to do that, we have to address uh, any mental, mental health that we, we're struggling with. And um, like I said, it, it, it happens in my family, with my mom, and, you know, with depression. I have aunts that deal with it. I had Alzheimer's prevalent in my family. So I know the traits are there. I know there's triggers there. I know there's chromosomes in my body saying that I'm a great candidate for mental health. But we're here to tell you is you can overcome and succeed. This ain't no death sentence. This ain't something that has to be with you, you know, like um, a bad part of your life that you don't have to tell somebody about. So be be open, you know, be courageous like, like Blair is. Uh, be courageous like I'm trying to be. If I can be one-third of her courageousness uh, today, you know, I'll be somebody special later on in my life. So just understand that. And I just want to make sure, Sherm, our, our listeners understand where we're coming from. Mm, good points, all. Good points. Hey, Blair, a question. You mentioned you're in a better place now uh, than a few months ago or even six, eight, 12 months ago. Did you seek professional help? Yes, um, I see a couple avenues because, you know, finding a therapist is <laughs> not a, not meant to be a joke, but kind of like finding a boyfriend and girlfriend. You have to find your perfect match for you because um, you're going to share everything about yourself to someone. And um, I went through a lot of research and a lot of time. And thankfully, I found a therapist that I was comfortable with and um, I meet with her as often as I can as much as you know insurance and um, as much as money allows because it is it is relatively expensive but it's it's extremely worth it because it can help you so so much and also some other resources I would like to mention because some I know some of our listeners are international students here and they might not have insurance over here at the States. And there is a forum called BetterHelp. 
And BetterHelp is an online website where you can sign up for a very cheap subscription and you can find a therapist and you talk over the phone, you do Zooms because we are in a pandemic. And if you do have anxieties where you don't like to meet in person, you can still stay online. And I also delve into that avenue as well. And it really helps. It does. So were you reticent about basically talking about yourself to somebody you didn't know, even though they were a maybe a professional at what they do? Was it difficult to open up and just say, here I am to somebody you've never met? I think I'm one out of the few who's able to be an open book, but definitely my first time going to therapy, which was a long, long time ago. Um, it is nerve wracking. And someone who has anxiety like myself, I got anxiety sitting in that waiting room. And you just have to think that, you know, when I do this, I am getting myself help. I will feel better after I do this. And um, it may take a couple sessions. You know, um, I have a friend who also is going through mental health and she goes to therapy and she told me, she was like, Hey, it took me, it took me four to five sessions before I really got into the deep stuff before I really got in and before they could really truly help me because I had my guard up and something, um, I would like to mention is that mental health is not linear just because I feel something or something makes me feel anxious or makes me feel depressed or makes you feel anxious or makes you feel depressed. It, it's not worse or better. All of what we go through is the same. We all, not all, but people who go through mental health, we go through anxiety, we go through depression and we understand that. But just to the listeners, just because you don't feel what everyone else feels, you're still okay to feel and it's okay to be in the state you're in and it's okay to ask for help because you know any professional or any group or any forum that you decide to go through is there to help you no matter what symptom you have and no matter what mental health issue that you're going through and i know everyone on this call and including myself and anyone at westcliff is here for you no matter what you're going through and will help you in the best ways that we can. Yeah, you know, um, Blair, great point. And, you know, I also want to point out that because I, I've never been through therapy doesn't mean that my mental health isn't um, mental health. It is mental health. Right. You know, I've been lucky, you know, to have an amazing wife, you know, for over 25 years, and she's been my best friend. So that's been my therapy coach in so many ways. My family's been my therapy coach. So I haven't had to, you know, uh, officially go to a therapist. But trust me, if, if I didn't have those key components in my life, then I would be sitting in therapy, you know, for, for some things. Because for me, I'm just an overachiever. I have to see success. I'm addicted to productivity. I cannot stay still. I need to be doing multiple things. Um, and when I'm not doing multiple things and feel like I'm executing at a high level and feel like I'm 
getting daily wins. I, I have to get daily wins every day. I got to win today. You know, so if I'm not seeing those things and if I'm having two or three days, right, where I'm not feeling like I'm achieving at the level that I am, you know, I'm probably my worst critic, you know, at that point. You know, now I'm trying to figure out everything I can do to, to be, you know, great and do all the things that I do that makes me feel satisfied, right? Because it is a, a certain emptiness, right? And then that's when you know you're getting in trouble because automatically you put yourself in a silo, right? And now you alienate yourself. And before you know it, you, your guards are up. You're not, you're not active. You're not talking to anyone. You're not using your resources. And then before you can even blink, it feels like seconds, right? And then for everybody on the outside looking at you, it's been days. Like, dude, I haven't talked to you in days, man. You know, like some of my best friends. And, and you know, I've had some trickers the last two years, one of my best friends of 40 years just immediately passed away, um, you know, suddenly um, before Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. And I was supposed to see him during that time frame. And um, I was feeling real bad because he called me on that Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I didn't pick up the phone call because I was like, oh, I'm going to call him back. You know, I'm going to see him this weekend. You know, I was going to fly out to Maryland. And that never happened. God had other other plans. And I stared at my phone and I consciously made the decision not to pick up because I thought I had time to speak to him because it was, I was in the middle of work. And that really took me for a loop really bad. You know, it, it really was, I mean, I regretted not picking up that phone call because I would have heard his voice one more time, you know, before I had to bury him. And then, you know, my pops passed away, you know, fought cancer, you know, just, I mean, he was a champ, you know, no white towels was his thing. And, um, you know, seeing him pass in May, you know, during the pandemic, and it was early in the pandemic. <clears throat> so I didn't really feel like I had the closure, you know, like of a normal funeral and, and everything else. Excuse me. <clears throat> I get a little choked up with that, um, you know, because I'm still dealing with that less than a year, you know, and it's things that run across my minds, the what ifs and, and, and how come and, and those things, you know, but luckily, you know, I have great people around me and I understand that, um, you know, I, I need to make a difference and how can I make a difference? And, and, and today I will tell you, like, we're going to have many more podcasts after this one, but, but this one to me will always resonate and stand out because I understand the words that we're actually going to be speaking today can truly save somebody's life, can truly walk them in a, a better path, can truly uh, impact them in such a way that hopefully they do get help. And if they can't uh, financially, right, uh, afford it, you know, like like Blair said, especially international student athletes, just regular people that's listening or whatever the case may be, there are resources like Blair shared with you that you can get it for free. And then if you can't even you know, get that together, just reach out to the people who know you the best, right? Because sometimes at the end of the day, it doesn't make you soft to admit this because I'm one of the hardest dudes out there. You know, try me if you want to. You know, I'll pull your car for real, right? But but at the end of the day, you have to be tough enough to be willing to change and be willing to accept who you are and what you are, Right? And that's no different than anyone else. You're just saying, we're just saying today, hey, look, for me to be at my optimal level, 
I have to do some things different. And I will tell you this, Sherm, you know, not to belong this minute, but the oil change for a Pinto is different from a Bugatti, right? The oil changes are different, right? So we all got different oil changes we need to with our mental to get ourselves to the best level. So just figure it out what it is for you and own it, and, and you'll be so much better for it. Hmm. Hard to follow that. I, I don't. I just whatever I say is not going to be as as important as that. Um, but you know, Blair, just a quick question for you as an athlete: um, Did your passion for your sport wane or or fall off or dissipate at all as the pandemic was going on? Yeah, that was. Hmm. I mean, I'm still struggling with that because. Um, you know, I went, we went back to practice in November, I think it was, and we were practicing and then it was okay. Another COVID outbreak and okay. No, we have to stop again. Let's wait on it. Okay. No, we're not going to have season anymore. And don't get me wrong. I, I respect the decision entirely. We need to be safe. We need to keep, we need to keep our athletes safe, our staff safe safe coaches safe and um it's just when you're going through that and you get the hype and then it gets taken away hype and taken away it's it's hard to keep it consistent and like i said before i got comfortable in the mental state that i was in so there were times that were like you know i i can't really get up for practice today i don't really want to go and the next thing you know a whole week of practice goes by and then another week and I was definitely not in the right mental space. And um, the passion definitely was zero at one point, but we're getting it back up there, thankfully. Hmm. Okay. So you're, you're, you're back or you're on your way up again, back to that passion level. Right. Good. Okay. What if, hey, Sherman, yeah. be, Sherman before you ask the next question, I just want to chime in and say it was a tough decision far as you know um making the decision but it i knew it was the right decision even though um to shut down uh the program you know based off of the resources infrastructures and the people not so much us it's the other people that we couldn't control right the other programs we couldn't control to know that they were doing the right thing and not cutting corners that was the biggest thing we for me it was like we're a defensive driver. I'm not really worried about how great we drive. I'm worried about all the other lanes crashing into our lane because they're not serious about what they were going in, you know, what they were doing uh, about this because we had plenty of conversations in our CalPAC and, and with surrounding schools and, and nobody knew anything, not even the NAIA, NAIA uh, either. But for me, I did take that in consideration. You know, what's the mental health? of our student athletes because sometimes they forget that I was an athlete, right, myself. And now that I'm an administrator, I was a coach before I was an administrator. So I still love to see the game played and I still love going to games. And we all have different games now. So my mental preparation, you know, as an AD is totally different than when I was a coach and different from when I was an athlete. But we all still have passion in this, right? We have passion in what we do. I mean, I'm chasing a PhD in leadership and sports, you know, so why would why would I even go through all that if I didn't care about this? I really do. Personally, you know, for me, it's faith over fear. 
But I have to worry about every student-athlete we have. And some of our student-athletes have preconditions. Some of our staff have preconditions. They are at a higher rate of being susceptible to COVID-19. And we have had our fair share of incidents, players, staff, coaches, and administrators. So for me, I never renege on that decision. It was the right decision. But I do understand the highs and lows that student-athletes go through. And then I'm fortunate enough to, to one of my kids is a high-level athlete. So I, I get it, right? And I love to go see him play. And, and he plays on Monday at BYU, and I can afford to go there, and they let parents go there. But I can't take that chance to go out there because all the new mutations, right? So I'm not going to go there because it's just too much of a high risk uh, to, to make it. And this would be the first, you know, game that uh, parents can go to that I've made a conscious decision not to go into it, not to go to it because of just how rampant and all these things that we we don't know. I mean, all these new mutations of COVID-19. And, and if you live in Southern California, they're telling us the next five or six weeks, still, we're not even at the midway point. And um, so would we even have a season? It looks like nobody's going to have a season in Southern California at the NAIA level, to be totally honest. So I think, you know, two things here as takeaways is we can't be tone deaf, you know, with how severe and how serious it is for COVID-19. And we can't be tone deaf with your mental health, with dealing with all these things and in the same moment. So great points that you brought up, Blair. I'm so happy that uh, you've seen the bigger picture you know, with it, but I will tell you there are other student athletes who didn't see the bigger picture, and it's okay. It's okay. Um, that's why coaches coach and players play. You know, you know. sometimes your coaches know what, what plays work with their staff, and other players don't understand why that's happening. And, but at the end of the day, we all have to execute together as one team to, to get through it. And uh, so together, everyone achieves more, and that has to be the attitude that we have along with our five Cs. Mm-hmm. So a great point. Hey, Blair, during the course of this, and I don't just mean the pandemic, maybe even before that, what have you learned about yourself as opposed, because of what you've gone through and your struggles? I've learned that it, it takes an army. And if you ever heard that saying, um, I was definitely the person who used to be, oh, I can do it by myself. I'm fine. I don't need help. I'm good. But after I depended on my dad, my dad is my rock. And after I depended on my friends and depended on teammates, I realized how much better I was getting. And I learned that it made me stronger. And I highly suggest it for everyone as well. And to keep your people and your circle close to you and the people who really love and care about you will help you when you're down and will pick you up when you're down. And I've learned that it's okay to not be okay. And it, it takes time to heal wounds and not, not always is it going to be quick. Not always is it going to be long. It's just, you have to do your process. And the main thing is, is that you have to fight through it and to not get too comfortable. Okay. And do you have any other uh, advice for your teammates, athletes, or just anybody in particular? I mean, uh, what should be their first step 
my advice I would give is to own up to it because that's the hardest part is recognizing Admi it. Is it admitting you have the, the problem. Right. Okay. And after you admit that you have it, look into the av avenues that you want to go into, whether that's having a long discussion with your parents, having a long discussion with your friends, having a long discussion with other family members, going out to see a therapist, maybe even a, a psychologist or psychiatrist, depending on how severe you are. Like I said before, it's it's not linear. It's not a straight line, what you're going through. And the main thing is, is just if you're struggling, get help, whatever that means to you. Okay. Is this is this something that you feel as though you deal with every day? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't like Sean said before, it's you got to push through it. You got to be a champion. You got to be you got to be a, a a star player in life on the field, off the field. And you know, when those moments happen, when you get triggered, you got to push through them. And that's the main thing the the last six to three months is that I've learned is that I got to push even though it sucks even though it's hard hmm. even though I don't want to get out of bed sometimes I got to push through it so yeah, you got to you got to be a warrior yeah she, warrior. she's a warrior yeah. it, it, you know Sherma I just want to also point out when we're talking about star players and elite players you know it's documented that 35 percent of elite players suffer from some form of mental health issues. And, and and one thing for me personally, you know, um, what I noticed was um, when I would get stressed, number one, I had to figure out that I was being stressed because I didn't feel like I was stressed, right? Because I was in denial too a little bit until I went to the dentist office and he was like, hey, you know, you grind on your teeth at night. And that's a sign, right? That we all deal with stress in different ways. And I, and I didn't realize that. And then I start realizing that before I do something um, that I felt like was stressful, you know, one of my mental health triggers was, you know, um, um, eating, an eating disorder, right? Comfort food. Hey, let me go get this. And, you know, before I do this big project at school, let me, you know, eat. And then, you know, so some of us find ourselves in our mental health state, you know, um, having comfort food, right? And that's still an eating disorder, right? Because you're dealing with stress through food disorders, right? And eating, then, you know, you see your weight fluctuating up and down. like So it's so many different forms of mental health is not going crazy. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, man, if you say it's mental health, oh, you're going crazy. You're not going crazy, you know? It's different ways. It's just different forms of dealing with stress, how you do it. Some people take a hard drink, right? Some people drink. Some people drink too much. Right. Some people eat. Some people eat too much. Right. When they stress. So it's different triggers and we all go through them. But if you think about it, we're talking about 35 percent of elite athletes, not all. We're talking about the elite athletes. And if we know anything about a um, census, we know we don't cover everybody. Right. So there's some people out there and it's probably really, really um, higher than that. You know, that's just what we have documented. But we know it's a taboo. It's a stigma to say, hey. I'm suffering from some form of, of mental health. You know, people put a stigma on it. And what I'm telling you is that champions and stars take the bull by the horns. And that's what we're doing today. And that's what Blair's doing today. And I'm, I'm just so proud of you, Blair, um, 
for, for everything that you've already accomplished at the university, for being a champion with our mental health. Um, Randy Harris, which is one of our ATs, um, he has spearheaded something that we're rolling out for staff and uh, student athletes, which is called Warrior Wellness. So we're going to have Warrior Wellness Days with Zooms and all kinds of uh, great issues, but just a platform, a safe space, you know, for, for everyone to talk and communicate um, with each other about multiple topics, you know, and, and how it makes you feel without any judgment, right, without casting aspersions, just trying to help each other grow and be better because that's really what it's all about, right? So I really commend your carriage, your wise beyond your years, you know, to be able to um, put your thoughts and, and feelings out there in the world. And I'm telling you, this was needed very so very much so. Um, this is something we've been actively trying to get a hold of. Um, Emily Burns, our head athletic trainer, our senior uh, assistant AD, she's uh, in the forefront of this as well. So I really feel great that um, Westcliff has great things in place to help athletes who may want to come up and step up after this, maybe want to speak to us. Um, you can reach me on, on my email, you know. You can slide into my DM like Blair did. You can slide in, right, and I will answer. She will contest to that. It took a couple weeks, but we figured it out. So your voice, we, we care about you, right? This is a platform, you know, for the voiceless. We want to we hear you. We want to help you. We want to make sure you grow. We want to make sure you achieve all the things you have um, uh, planned for your life here. You know, mm -hmm. so it's a safe space here. We, we enjoy you, um, Blair, and I appreciate everything you have done and everything you continue to do for, for the Westcliff family. Thank you. Thank you. And want to say I'm proud of you, too. Oh, man, that means so much. <laughs> Everyone goes through it. And yep. anyone listening, I'm proud of you, too. Keep pushing. I, I appreciate it. Hey, Blair, your courage is commendable. Thank you for your advice and your insight. And, you know, this is not a one-time thing for us. As Sean has mentioned, you know, we're, we're moving forward with uh, some big initiatives in this area. And uh, hopefully somewhere along the line, we're going to talk about this more and maybe have you back. Would you be able to come back and join us for another podcast sometime? Absolutely. I'd love to. That would be great. Hey, we got you up early today. Thanks very much for recording our podcast with us. Of course. All right. Uh, you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again. Okay, sounds good. According to westcliff.edu, students in need of mental health assistance should first contact their health insurance provider to request a summary of benefits and coverage. Many health insurance plans include mental health services with a predetermined copay charge. The closest mental health facility to our campus is the Pepperdine University Counseling Center, located at 18111 Von Karman, Suite 401 in Irvine. The phone number is 949-223-2570. The cost is as low as $10 for an appointment, and they provide counseling, crisis counseling, and psychiatric services. There are over 20 similar practices in Orange County alone. And you can find a link in this week's podcast show notes 
which will lead you to a three-page PDF spreadsheet that contains all of these resources. Please consider reaching out if you are in need of someone to talk to. You are not alone. You are part of the Westcliff family, and we want to make sure you have every opportunity to lead a happy and healthy life. Thank you. And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast. I used to read Word Up magazine Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine Hanging pictures on my wall Every Saturday, rap attack Mr. Magic Molly Mall I let my tape rock till my tape pop Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack With the hat to match Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard You never thought that hip-hop would take it this far now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Ron G, Brucey e. B, Kid Capri Funk Master Flex, Love Bug Star Ski I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood